Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello and welcome to the Make Money Mediating podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today I want to dive into a topic that many of you who know me know is near and dear to my heart and that is technology in practice. As you all know, I'm a bit of a tech junkie. It kind of rose out of Zoom, I will say. My friend and colleague, Colin Rule, um, who is sort of the godfather, grandfather, he wouldn't like grandfather, let's go with godfather, godfather of ODR, online dispute resolution, said Zoom was the gateway drug. And I think he was so right with that, right? During COVID, during the pandemic, so many business people and practitioners and really in our day-to-day life even, we were introduced to this video conferencing technology for many, many, many of us that was Zoom. And we found that not only could we do what we had done in practice in business as well as we had done it in person, maybe with some tweaks, but that it in fact offered us some benefits. Many people now have practices that are located, they've moved to places where they've always wanted to live or they've been able to provide services to a much broader demographic because they're no longer bound by geography. So there's many, many benefits that we found through that particular technology. And so now we've moved into a space for many practitioners of what more is there. And we face sort of a delicate balance, I think, because the other side of the fence is if we become too technological, if we if we replace what we do as people with technology tools, do we lose the personal touch? In fact, that was one of the questions that I probably heard the most when during COVID I started doing all the trainings to teach people how to mediate online. And I recently found this quote that I thought summed this up quite well. It's from industry leaders and it says, to be successful in 2023, companies must strike the right balance between automation and the human touch. And isn't that so true, right? There is a point where we have a tipping point of taking ourselves who are service providers, right? So that's a very personal thing that we do. We provide services to people in times of stress and conflict. 
And in when we automate those those services or aspects of those services, do we then take away what is so special about us? And I've done a lot of thought of, on this. And so I've come to some of at least my conclusions, which I thought I might share with you all to, in the hopes that this will help you all think of where automation on that teeter-totter of balance is going to be a benefit and a help to both you and your clients and flip side where you may want to pass on some automation or technology to keep your human touch. And for me, it kind of falls into a certain different categories. The time wasters or the, I call them the time suckers. Where can you automate in order to eliminate time wasting or, or the waste of your time or your clients? Where can you automate follow-up? So that annoying need to follow up with people to make sure they do what they need to do, that they get you the information they need to get you, that they don't have any more questions, that they know how to hire you, all of the follow-up that we, we may want to do or need to do. There's and then there's information gathering because we all, when we provide services to people, we all need a certain amount of information from those people in order to best provide those services. And some of that we may want to do in person, but a lot of it is rote. A lot of it is standardized information that we need. And in certain ways, we waste a lot of time. So this kind of goes back up to point one. Sometimes we need to follow up about that because it can be hard to get them to give us that information. And three, just the process of gathering it is something that can be pretty easily automated and create a better client experience. And ultimately, that last point is the one that I want to really emphasize here. This is something that you will hear me say a lot. This is something that I talk about with my consulting clients who are building practices at all times is we are, and for those mediators out, out there, that helps us to right make money mediating. But no matter what you're doing, if you provide services to people, never, ever, ever forget that you are a service provider and your client experience is key to your success. So let's run through some of the technology that or innovation automation that can help us in these areas that I've highlighted. I'm going to start with the time suckers. So for most professionals, and might I add their clients, there are generally what I'll call three areas that are incredible time suckers. And that is calendaring, getting people scheduled on your calendar. That email back and forth is one of the most painful parts of being in practice. If you need to meet with people, trying to get more than one person and coordinate schedules is incredibly frustrating both for you and your assistant, if you're making your assistant do it, and for your clients. Then there's billing, getting paid. That is not, no one likes asking for money and no one really loves paying money. But if we don't ask for it, generally they won't pay it. I've found no one just sits down and writes me a check or sends me money through Venmo when I haven't asked them if I've provided them services. 
And then just a very simple one, but signing, getting things signed, getting things executed, such as our service agreements. That is something that we can automate and make much easier. So here's a key to automating in these instances and a key to where that automation is going to be helpful to you in practice. The easier you make these things, these time suckers for clients, the happier that they will be and the faster they will do these things. So the easier and faster it will be to get them on your calendar and get them scheduled so that you can provide your services, the faster that they will pay you. Make it easy to get paid, folks. There's no sense in making it difficult to get paid. And signing, especially your agreement to mediate your agreement for services, that is something the easier that you make it, the easier it's going to be for clients to choose to work with you. So I'm gonna talk about some of my favorite technologies or programs that I use in these areas. So the ones I'm gonna talk about are the ones I use. These are not, first off, don't work for any of these companies. I always want to say that. So there's, you know, I'm just sharing my experience. I, I've tried many different technologies and I've kind of settled on the ones that work well for me. There are others out there. I have a newsletter on some of these technologies. Go check the LinkedIn practice building tip of the day newsletter and you'll see more about some of these in there and other options. But I'm going to, in this podcast, talk about the ones I use. So for calendaring, I use Calendly. That one for me does everything that I need it to do and it is somewhat intuitive to use and easy to use. It also, and I think this is important for those of you who provide services to more than one person at a time, such as a mediator, right? A mediator is going to meet with generally at least two people, right? The two people who are in the dispute, if not more. And when you have to meet with more than one person, that's when scheduling becomes a real nightmare, right? You have to coordinate the schedules of not only the parties who are in dispute, but perhaps their attorneys, the experts, the other support people who need to be there. The email chain of back and forth to try and schedule that can take forever. Calendly has a very simple Essentially, they've built in a polling that allows you to put certain options out there. People can pick their first, second, and third choice. It will hold those times on your calendar. And then when the final results come in, it will schedule it on your calendar. You can release all the other potential times. And then the other part, and here's the automation with Calendly, is you can connect it to your Zoom or whatever platform you use. You People will automatically get a calendar invite with the Zoom link for the meeting. It will go onto your calendar with the Zoom link for the meeting. And it will send, if you automate the follow-up, it will send email reminders to everyone. It can send emails reminding people of what to do to prepare. And you can automate all of that right within Calendly. So the integration and the automation there is what is, makes the magic of Calendly work. And the other part, that quote I put in in the beginning about, you know, striking the balance between automation and the personal touch. When there's an aspect of what we do that's irritating to people, like the back and forth of scheduling, 
automating it is a place where that's where the balance very clearly tips to automation, right? You take the personal and the irritation out of it and you make it as simple and easy as possible by automating. So calendaring, I will tell you, if there's nothing else you do to help your practice, starting and using a calendaring program will instantly make a big difference in your practice. Billing. Here's another area. It is never fun to reach out to people and say, hey, you owe me money. It's a necessary part of being in a service business. And people generally, here's, here's a tip, folks. People generally don't like having to go find their checkbook, write out a check, put it in an envelope, address the envelope, find a stamp, and go put it in the mailbox. That is a lot of steps. When... There are very easy to use online payment portals that eliminate both the invoicing on your part, your need to send out an invoice or do very little effort to send out that invoice. And the person who needs to pay you just has to click a nice little button on there. They put in their credit card or bank information or use a balance that they may have, say in PayPal, which is what I use, or Venmo or whatever their their payment platform that you choose to use is. It generally has resulted for me, and I'll give you the anecdotal result, is that I get paid almost instantly after sending out an invoice. So as I mentioned, I use PayPal. I have used PayPal for a very long time. I have never had an issue with PayPal. It is extremely intuitive to use, and it allows you to do several things. You can very easily create invoices. They can be templates so that you can duplicate them. You can automate when they go out. There's our automation. So you can set up an invoice for repeating payments, a one-time payment, 50% now, 50% later. You can use the same template, but just change the person that it's going to. There's a whole you know, group of things that you can do with it. And what it does is when that invoice goes out by email, it will give that person just a button to click. They put in their information. You never get their financial information. There's no worry about your having an issue of leaked their financial information. And they can pay you quickly and easily and without a lot of interaction. People don't generally want a lot of interaction around making these payments. It's just human nature. The other aspect that I like about PayPal, at least for me, is you can actually create a payment portal and embed it on your website. So people then can just go there to pay you. You can also integrate it with your Calendly so that when someone books a paid meeting, such as a consult, if you are someone who does paid consultations, they can actually pay for the consultation as a part of the calendaring process by integrating those two things. And the entire automated process will go on, easy breezy for the client, you having had to do nothing other than set up the automations. So those two, Calendly and PayPal, have been incredibly helpful to me. The other thing is, and and I'm speaking specifically to your service agreement or your service contract, but e-signing is something that we should all be using these days. When you send someone a PDF of an agreement, here is the workflow you've created for them. 
You've sent them a, a document. They have to then print out, sign it, scan it, save it, and then email it to you attached to another email. Again, a lot of steps there, a lot of things that that person needs to do. You want them to hire you. You send them an agreement to mediate or a services agreement, and then it's crickets, right? It sits for a long time. Well, if all they had to do was click a button to sign, and then the I use DocuSign, so I'll talk about DocuSign. I send it to someone in DocuSign. They click buttons. It signs it and dates it. I then get an email that I need to sign it and date it, and immediately upon my signature, the final person's signature, it, a fully executed copy will go out to all of the participants. So whether it's just one other person, two other people, three other people, once it's fully executed, everybody gets a copy of it. It goes into my direct Dropbox file and I don't need to do anything more. And I've made something that is not generally something that people want to have be a long drawn out process as easy as possible for them. So those are the time sucker automations and programs technology that I recommend that you look at. Take those pain points away from people calendaring, signing things, and paying you. Make those as easy as possible. That's where automation does not need a personal touch. Your business does not need a personal touch. Now, another place where we can easily use automation and very often do not I've already touched on it a little bit with Calendly because you can create that automated email workflow, right? To remind people about meetings and all. Well, you can do that with any aspect of your practice that requires follow-up. So I'll always be using mediation and mediators as an example, but I, I want you to realize this applies to a broad range of service entrepreneurs and business people. So someone consults with you and they're considering hiring you. If they have not done that at the end of the consult, you're going to want to send them a thank you for meeting with me. I just wanted to follow up and see if you have any questions now that you've had a chance to digest our conversation. Here are some helpful links that might be of service to you. And please know that I would be very happy to schedule a follow-up call or whatever that information might be. Well, you can automate that email and you can automate two emails. You could automate one right after the consultation that will go out saying thank you and one the next day that says just wanted to follow up. Whatever works best in your workflow. Now, you can personalize those so they have the personal touch, but rather than have to sit down and recreate the wheel each time, you have the ability to create those and then set them as an automated workflow. For some service industries, people tend to consult with us, but wait some time before they actually hire us. So you can set up that automated workflow to be the day of the consultation, the day after the consultation, maybe two weeks to three weeks or a month later, four months later, and, and beyond, right? Whatever your particular follow-up workflow is or should be, so this entails looking at your practice and what would benefit you and your practice better. And they don't have to be long, 
but they can be touch points. This could also be very, very helpful to you at the conclusion of your services. So one thing that professionals do not do very well is ask for feedback from their, their clients. How did I do? What can I do better? Is always a wonderful, wonderful way to follow up with clients. That is extremely, extremely valuable information for us as service providers to know. But we often don't ask them. We live in a world of social proof. So getting testimonials and feedback from former clients is extremely important for future clients. So you can automate follow-up emails after the service with links to surveys or a link asking for feedback or a link asking for a testimonial or Google review. Those are things that can be fully automated. Now, this is an area where you already have the power to automate likely and you just don't know it. But the two biggest email platforms, Gmail and Outlook, both have the ability to create templates within their system and to automate the sending of those templates as a part of the process of using it. You already have the power, folks. Now, I can't explain this in a verbal audio podcast how to do this, but I'll put links in the show notes, one for Gmail users and one for Outlook users. If you have some other email platform that you use, Google how to create templates and automate, and it's very, very likely that you're already going to have that. Then I want to talk about, now I want to talk about information gathering from clients because at the very least, don't we have to gather name, address, type of matter. For those of you who like me are mediators or professionals, you want to know their spouse's name. You want to know their children's names, date of marriage, date of birth. I mean, there's right, there's a long list. Their financial information, et cetera. Well, you want this to be something that is easy as possible. Let's talk about a pain point for people. Reaching out to get that information from people at a time when they are overwhelmed and in conflict and probably, let's face it, not at their best. When we send them some paper forms and ask them to print them out and fill them out or we send them a fill in the blank form that we got from the court, such as a financial affidavit, my divorce professional colleagues out there, we are making people's lives harder. And as service professionals, that is bad practice. That is not the road to success and it's not necessary. There is a great deal of technology out there today that allows us to take our questions and turn them into an easily fillable online form. You can do drop down menus where they can choose a response. You can leave blanks where they can fill it in, but they never need to leave their computer and they can input that information into a secure portal, right? They don't have to print out forms, scan those, and attach them to an email back to you, which is not a secure way to send information. So I highly suggest that you review your practice and look at any place where you are asking for information from your clients and that you turn that into something. I use a particular program called JotForm, and JotForm is that it's exactly that it's an easy 
form builder that then you get a link to that form, you send the link to the client and the client just clicks on the link, goes in, fills in the blanks, whatever the questions are that you had, you can make them as simple as possible. And it's very intuitive again. And then when they hit save, it will save everything into the same portal and you all have the same information. They can go back and look at it and change things. And it's an incredibly easy and fast way for people to do things. Another anecdotal experience from my practice is the once I started using these jot forms, I no longer had long waits to get information from my clients because I made it easy for them. And so that is, again, another place where this teeter-totter of automation versus personal touch is extremely helpful. Now, that is not to say once you get that information, maybe as a practitioner, you don't then review it with your clients. I know that that is very helpful, but it is not always a good practice to have clients paying hundreds of dollars an hour to sit with you to fill in forms. I just, something I ask you to think of from a perspective of is, are you creating the best client experience that you can create? So that would be another technology that I highly encourage using. And so those are the three areas that I wanted to highlight that I have found helpful in my practice, but I do also want to say, Whatever your practice is, whatever your profession is out there, if you are providing services or working with people, look at your process. Look at places where you can enhance your client's experience, where you can make what it is they need to do easier, where you can eliminate pain points for them. And think about it from the perspective, their perspective, not yours as the service provider. We as service providers get very stuck in, well, that's the way we've always done it. And honestly, technology is moving so fast these days that there is no need to stick with old-fashioned, inconvenient, difficult barriers to providing good service. When you have easy, automated programming that you can insert in place. So, as you, as you do a review of your particular practice, look for those pain points, ask your clients for the feedback of what could be, have been done better, what they found difficult, get their input, and then look for ways that you can automate that or make it easier for them using technology. So I hope you all found this helpful as you work to build your successful practice and make money mediating or whatever you are doing to provide services to make other people's lives better. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.